all of them were very, just like, kind of off. Didn't seem like they really cared. There was really nothing. By the end of the night, we found one person that we tried to pray for. Again, we worked for like 10 minutes trying to pray for this person, but he still said no. But his daughter was there, and we ended up praying over her, which was great. But it was a rough night. <laughs> it wasn't great. The next night, we went out. We went out to one of the nearby towns. There was a big group of us, probably 20, 25 people. And we just went out in twos and went and prayed for people. And my friend and I ended up in a park, and we found this couple sitting on a bench. And we just went up to them and asked if we could pray for them. And they were a little confused, but the girl said yes. She said she had pain in her shoulder, so we prayed for her. It was very simple. And afterwards, she was just shocked. She was face just dropped, mouth wide open. And she just didn't move her arm. It was just sitting in her lap. And she was like, what was that? That was so strange. She said it felt like bubble gum was in her arm. <laughs> it was so weird, but it was amazing. And we got to talk to her for like 10 minutes about the Holy Spirit and what that was. And just afterwards, her boyfriend just shot up and was like, I have pain in my back. Can you pray for me? So we went up to him, prayed for him. We laid our hands on his back. And as we prayed for him, you could feel his spine and the muscles in his back actually shift back to the way they were supposed to be. And afterwards, same reaction. Like he just turned around and was like, what was that? And he ended up doing like stretches for like 20 minutes. It's like, <laughs> I couldn't do this before, now I can. It was amazing. And then we spent the next probably hour and a half just talking to him about God and about the Holy Spirit and what that was. So they thought we were witches at first. <laughs> Very confused. <laughs> it was incredible. That's awesome. And ended up being 22 healings that night from everyone in the group. So, so amazing. Thank you, Jay. Praise God. So I've, I've been, I mean, I've been wanting him to share that story. Uh, it's kind of relevant to everything that we are doing. Um, but, you know, and, and he was with someone, and they both showed real obedience to keep going, you know, that this was about Jesus, this was about taking his kingdom, and to keep pressing in, and you no, know, in fact, the first night was really rough. I was so excited when he told me he was going out, and I was bummed when he had a really hard time, you know, but then the next night, in obedience, to go out, that this is about Jesus, it's about him meeting, and it's up to him. Um, and, and that was secular France, okay? God can move everywhere, you know, in Upland, Indiana, and Gas City, and Marion, um, and, and it's really quite sad that the, the, you know, the guy's first question was, are you witches? You know, it's about time Christians got known for this again, isn't it? You know, not just the dark side, let's have the light, you know, also operating more. Um, and that's what we're going to be doing over these next few months, praying, hoping, waiting to see what the Lord does. Okay, so, um, thank you, son. Um, so, you know, maybe like me, when we when we think about obedience, our first instinct is to think about rules and keeping those rules, okay? Um, that there's a set of laws, things that we're supposed to do, things we're not supposed to do, um, and that is, that is true to a point, okay? Um, 
There's no such thing as obedience as if there isn't something to be obedient to. The problem is that we normally treat it very much on a legal measure, as a law, and so our tendency is we meet those expectations, we meet those rules, and then, hey, I'm doing quite, doing quite well. And we might slip into religious pride. Or we fail and we slip into shame. And it's a wonderful device of the religious spirit. Because if we're good Christians, as most of us are, and we're raised well and we try and do the right thing, the enemy can get us both ways. If we only see obedience as trying to follow rules, good or bad, he can get us. Okay? And we need to be wary of that. And so, you know, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm talking about obedience, um, it's increasingly just becoming a joy. Not set of rules, do I get things right or wrong? It's about intimacy with Christ. And it's about honoring my Father, and it's about holding Him in awe. And obviously, quite frequently, as my family will tell you and my rugby teams, um, failing. Yeah? Falling short. But my obedience is not set on me getting everything right. It's on my heart towards the Lord. And that's where starting to see it in, in joyful terms starts. That it's not about law, it's about our hearts. And it's about our hearts towards Jesus and the Father. So first thing, we, first way we need to kind of shift in our thinking. Um, our, our other tendency can be, you know, as good evangelicals, um, that we focus on grace. Right, so, and this is a really good thing, obviously. That you know, we, don't, we don't have to work to do good. We don't have to be obedient to be saved, as Matt has already prayed tonight. Our salvation is not based on our works, but only on Christ. And so sometimes we might have this tendency, well, we, like, we might dismiss obedience and, and stand in grace. And obviously we must always stand in grace, and grace is the most beautiful gift that has ever been given to us. But grace is about salvation. Obedience is not about salvation. Obedience is about intimacy, and it's about relationship. It's about taking that gift of grace, that grace that allows us to meet Jesus, and then in obedience, following him and loving him and getting to know him better. And that's the joy of obedience. I'm going to read a lot of scripture I've already read already, and I'm going to keep reading it until we, it saturates us. I did think about bouncing all over the New Testament because there are so many examples of Christians not being obedient. And that's quite comforting, isn't it? Um, pick any epistle, find Christians who are being disobedient. Paul, Paul, you know. The man has just started churches and they're already a slight disaster in some cases because people are being disobedient. And he has to call them back to truth. Um, I could have done that. Uh, I'm going I'm to reference a few things but I really felt the Holy Spirit saying, stay in John, stay in my words. They are the most powerful words. Stay in them. So, <laughs> if we are going to be naturally supernatural, our lives will be marked. They'll be marked by intimacy, and they will be marked by obedience. Okay. They'll be marked by intimacy and obedience. Jesus says in John 5, oh sorry, John writes first, and Jesus says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son 
can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. And I know I've said this before, and we'll keep saying it. Jesus, he is obviously the Son of God, but his ability to heal and work miracles and do wonders, signs and wonders, was not because he was God. It wasn't rooted in his divinity. It was rooted in his relationship with the Father, rooted in his obedience to the Father, rooted in his intimacy with the Father. That's the only way that he could say to us, go and do what I did, even do greater things than I did. We are not sons of God in the sense that he is. The only way that he could make that call of us was that it was something that we could achieve through intimacy with the Father, which he was going to win for us. For us to be naturally supernatural, we have to be people of the Spirit. We have to be people of obedience. And there is no way around this. Okay. Um, I'm going to get to a lot more scripture in a while, just a little while. Again, we always want to look to Jesus as, as, as our model. And that John 5 reading is great. Um, I don't know if any of us think about Jesus walking around unhappily, miserably, trying his very best to follow the Father. Does anyone have that impression? That he was kind of miserable half the time? Trying to be, trying not to break the rules? I doubt it. No. Thank you, Matt. No. No. <laughs> That's one of the best things about the Chosen series. No matter what you think about the theology of it or whatever. Like the fact that Jesus, he's so happy in that. The way he shines the light of Christ. That actor is amazing. I love the way he represents Jesus. Like, I don't think Jesus was slavishly trying to follow the rules. I think it just flowed because he loved the Father and obedience was something that was natural because the Spirit was in him. And that is completely available to all of us. In John 8, Jesus says, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Jesus' heart, I always please the Father. Not slavishly, out of love. In response to the Father's love. And the more I think about this, and the more I read these words in John, it seems... Like the obedience and intimacy, they, they, they catalyze each other. They feed off each other. That the more intimate we are, the more easy it is to be obedient. And the more obedient we are, the more we show the Father that His preferences come first in our hearts and the Holy Spirit that we're attentive to His voice, the more we will hear His voice and it will be easier to be obedient. They work with each other. Now, I was chatting to Grace and Joe on the way home yesterday from rugby, which, you know, Taylor rugby girls just crushed the opposition again. So, well done to the ladies. So, yeah. Do we have four or five in this church? Yeah, they're amazing. Um, so, a little, little plug there for the rugby team. Um, and 
I don't know, maybe, maybe this is just me because I'm foreign, okay? Um, but it seems to me that if I want to live the best possible life that I can, I need as much of Jesus as I can get. Is that like just something we say in Sunday school, Jacob? Was that something we, we all think and believe? And then it got me thinking, well, I, I think that's true. I think that my most flourishing life, the best life I can ever leave, lead is to have the most of Jesus as possible. And I, and, I, and, I, and I truly believe that if I'm obedient to him, I will have more of him. So why do I regularly not choose the right things? Is that too simplistic? Seems to me there's a disconnect in me somewhere. <laughs> that if I say that Jesus is my best possible life, that following him is the way that I can flourish the best, and then I choose things which take me away from him, then there's a disconnect in me. And, and, and the more I read Jesus' words, the more I realize like my answer, my answer is, is not to try and follow the rules. It's not to try and get a better grip on what the law is. But it's to ask Jesus for more of him, to give me deeper revelation, to let me see him more deeply, to give me more of his spirit. It's his spirit that transforms we see this from Peter onwards. It's the spirit that transforms. And if we start to see, truly see that, that obedience draws us to Jesus, draws us to the best possible life we can have, then obedience becomes a joy. Even if that's kind of selfish. <laughs> We, we do get some other great scripture. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but you know, this is quite powerful scripture. And I know we know it, but again, do we live it? Paul says in Romans 6, don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Like we're obeying something. It's going to lead somewhere. We might as well pick obedience. We might as well pick righteousness. We might as well pick Christ. And again, even as I'm saying this, I, I don't want us to feel ashamed. Um, this, is, this is not about where we fail. It's not about rules. It's not about law. It's about Jesus. And one of the things we're going to pray once I finish preaching is that we, that we, we all get a, a bigger vision of Jesus. Whatever that looks like for us to step a little deeper into obedience. Okay, And I truly believe if, if you look at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, I'm pretty sure it's the Holy Spirit's delight to reveal Jesus to us. I think it's something we can ask with absolute certainty and confidence and expectation. Galatians 5, again, Scripture I know we know well, but this is the other one I wanted to point out before we get back to John. Paul says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, I know some of us in this church struggle, have struggled, still struggle with, with, with sin, with repetitive sin. 
You know, the lust is the one we talk about the most, pornography and things like that. And I, I say with 99.9% certainty, maybe some people have the will to do this, but if we try and walk in the flesh, if we try and walk in our own strength, if we try and just obey rules, we will fail. The sin will eventually get us. These two things, again, are in competition. We're doing one or we're doing the other. We obey sin, we obey the Spirit. But the promise here is wonderful, isn't it? If we walk, if we walk, when you walk in the Spirit, you will defeat the lusts of the flesh. The defeating comes from the Spirit. Okay? Don't think you're going to get there any other way. The obedience to the ways of the Lord will come by walking in the Spirit. And I'm saying the same thing like 17 times, but eventually, like, we're really going to get this. Okay? Okay? We're going to get this. So walk in the Spirit. You won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. He, He, the Spirit, is the source of obedience. It's a source of obedience because he's the one who connects us to Jesus. In the same way, same way that he connected the Father to Christ, that he connects us to Christ. Again, this is a promise that Jesus makes to us in John. All right, I'm going to skip a few things here just because of time. Okay, so we can't escape this reality that Jesus calls us into obedience. It's kind of icky. You remember last week I was reading all those wonderful things in John, and did you notice how obedience came up all the time? But I didn't focus on it. I wanted to focus on the non-obedience because I wanted to talk about obedience specifically because I always generally try and ignore those things because they seem a little difficult, a little bit beyond me. I'll just have the good stuff, Lord. Um, but as I said, the more I think about this, the more I study it, the more I see the delight in it, the joy in it. So again, Jesus is our model. He is the one, Hebrews tells us, he was a son who learned obedience through what he suffered. Never been perfected, became righteous and salvation to all who would obey him. In John 10, Jesus says that he does the will of the Father, he chooses to lay down his life. He goes to the ultimate point of obedience. And then he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Our joy will be complete if we obey his commands. This is not a harsh law that we have to obey so that some angry God doesn't smite us. These are commands of love to draw us into relationship with the one who is love and to make us flourish in the best possible way and to have his spirit flowing through us and to the world around us. Now, I haven't given you the verses for all those because I really want you to go back and read all of John 14 and 15 and just do it again and again and again until these become absolute truth. Does it... <laughs> now, if you read some Bible commentaries, um, one of the things that we see, and we see this throughout Scripture, and some of the things I've already talked about, is that we have to be really careful that we don't read these things 
and we make them conditional. Okay, that, that this, these other promises of Jesus rely on you know, us getting this part right first. Right? It's the love that comes first. It's the asking him, Lord, help me to be obedient, to give me your spirit. And it's the spirit which then leads us into obedience. And so these things again reinforce each other. And if we ever fail, we just say, I'm sorry, and we get back up and we carry on because he forgives us. Okay, so he tells us, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments if you love me. Keep my word if you love me. If you keep our commandments, you'll remain in my love. Okay, then listen to the promises that flow from these things. Okay, I'm just giving you the summary. I want you to read John 14 and 15. Listen to the summary. Listen to the weight of these promises. And tell me if these do not delight you. The baptism of the Spirit. The manifestation of Jesus in our lives. The indwelling of the Father in us. Our abiding in the love of Christ. The privilege of his friendship. And the power of answered prayer. How's that for a little basket of promises? Hey? Like, if I bring that to Amanda and say, Amanda, you can have all of these things. You can have the Spirit, and you can have friendship, and you can have the Father in you, and you can abide in the love of Christ. Will you just obey His word? And in love, will you follow His commands? Nice trade? Good trade. Yeah, it's a good trade. And if you're ever thinking, should I be obedient? Don't think about the law. Don't think about some religious spirit that you think might want to smack you over the head. Think about these promises. Be drawn. Be attracted into obedience. Don't, don't walk into it because of fear. Walk into it because of love. And if we have these things and we have the Spirit in us, man, truly, naturally, supernatural. There is this reality that God can use whoever he wants whenever he wants. Okay. Everyone is open to the Lord. Scripture shows us to us. Terrible kings, donkeys, you know, whatever. The Lord can use. Yes, we are probably a lot like donkeys sometimes. Okay, he can use whoever he wants. Okay, but there's a difference between the Lord using people for his, for his purposes at certain times, certain places. What he wants for his kingdom are his children to be walking in the power of his name. And to be walking in the power of his spirit. And to see his kingdom come. And to see the gates of hell be broken. And to do what Jesus did. Which was basically to break the hold of Satan over people's lives. And there's this reality. And again, it's just, this, is like the, this is meat, not milk, I guess, maybe. You know, we just... We... we we can't represent Jesus in the way that he wants us to if we are not a people who are obedient and people who, who love his spirit. We can't relegate the Holy Spirit, the very spirit that connects Jesus to the Father. We can't relegate him to the side and then get on our knees and pray and wonder why nothing happens. He is the source of power. He is 
the source of Jesus' power. He is what Jesus gives us. We have to be friends with God. We have to be friends with His Holy Spirit. We have to be obedient to when He speaks to us and guides us. We have to delight in Him. It's not Father, Son, and the other one. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. We can't live in rebellion and disobedience and then want Him to somehow be at our beck and call. But what we can do is we can remember his promises and we can meditate on them and we can claim them and we can delight in them and we can ask him, Lord, show me. Will you give me more of your spirit? Will you let these promises, as I said last week, these promises of Jesus are either true or they're not true. But let's stop living as if we would prefer not to answer that question. Let's step into them with boldness and obedience. Cells? You need to be obedient. Okay. <laughs> Rugby field, classroom, church, everywhere. Just obedient. Okay, good. I just need to do. Just make sure that was clear. <laughs> and my daughter wanted me to make this one point, which I think is a very good point. Okay. Because we always we always have this ability to make this about us, okay? To make this about us doing stuff. Sometimes obedience will look like doing stuff, okay? The Lord will call us into prayer. He'll call us into worship. He'll call us to go and meet someone, talk to them, and minister to them. Sometimes he'll ask us just to rest and just to be. Oh, and for some of us, that's harder. Some of us energy bunnies out there, it's harder. And he's going to say, sit and wait and be obedient. And rest into my presence so I can talk to you because you're just too darn busy. Don't make this about us. Let's make it about him. Worship team, can you come up? I normally make you guys pray, but I think you've all got this down. You know, Tyler tells me you're all amazingly obedient and um, never any problems, sir. But we're going to pray. Okay. Um, just for a minute or two. Matt might have something. We'll see. Okay. But can we, can we pray? And, and a simple prayer. Um, I, I, just, I, wa- I want us to surrender to a new level of obedience. Okay. That's all I believe the Lord is asking. And, I, and during worship, I really felt the Holy Spirit saying, if people will open their hearts and they will ask me, I will say, I will do this. The answer is already yes. If we will just open our hearts. To just a little bit of surrender, a little bit more. So let's, let's pray together. Jesus. Jesus, you're you're deserving of every part of our lives. 
Lord, I thank you for your sons and your daughters here. It is so good to be together. It's so good to worship you. I know that you delight in their worship. And we know, Holy Spirit, that you are here. And Jesus, I just, I just want to say first for myself and for anyone else that this has been an issue, Lord, that I, I repent. I am sorry for the times that I've relegated your spirit to the margins of my life. I'm sorry that I, for allowing my agenda and my busyness and all the things that I do to be at the center of my life. And I, and I add you in, Lord, when I find the time. And I'm sorry, Holy Spirit, for the times I've relegated you to the margins theologically as well. And I, I thank you. I thank you that you live in us. And I thank you that it's your delight to lead us to Jesus. I thank you that it's your delight to lead us into obedience. Lord Jesus, we want to be a people that are naturally supernatural, that will manifest your kingdom, that will know what it is for your rivers, rivers of life to be flowing out of us to the world around us. And we can only do that with your presence, Jesus, with your spirit. So Jesus, we... We say yes to surrendering in obedience, surrendering to being obedient to you and your word, your commands. Your word and your commands, Lord, are only love and they are only flourishing and they are only truth. So let it be our delight to surrender to them to pour ourselves out in obedience to you, Jesus. So Lord, whatever that looks like in the individuals here, you, you know our hearts, Lord. Will you, will you come into our hearts? Will you open up space in us and pour your spirit in that we would find it surprisingly easy to be obedient this week. Let us see change in us by your spirit. Lord, I pray that we would see sin patterns broken this week. I pray that we would see shame broken this week. Shame at having got things wrong. And we will see peace and joy and delight in you flourish. So Jesus, we, we just give you permission for your spirit to do what you want to do in our lives. Come and have your way. Come and have your way, Jesus. We love you and we glorify you. And we ask all these things in your mighty and powerful and wonderful name. Amen. Shall we sing a song? Let's worship.